Hello and welcome to the JCBC Podcast. My name is Sean, and I'm so grateful that you found our podcast. Listen, the JCBC Podcast is a collection of several sermons that have been preached over the years at Johns Creek Baptist Church. I pray that as you find these sermons and you listen to them, they would meet you where you are in your journey. And I trust that God will do something in these words to lift up your head, if only for a little while. So go ahead and subscribe to us and follow along. Wow, what an amazing morning. I'm not sure we need a sermon after that, but here we go. Hear this story from Max chapter 10. There once was a man named Cornelius. He lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard who was stationed there. And he was a thoroughly good man, well known for all of his good deeds among the people. And he had led his household to be followers of God and was known as a man of prayer. One day at about three o'clock in the afternoon, he suddenly saw a vision. And standing right in front of him was an angel of God, as real as his next door neighbor. And he was amazed and astounded and didn't know what to say. Finally, he mustered it up and said, what can I do for you, sir? And the angel said, Cornelius, your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. And here's what you are to do. Send some men to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is also called Peter, who is staying at the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two servants and one particularly devout soldier from the guard. And he told them in great detail everything that had just happened and then sent them off to Joppa. In the meantime, Peter was going up onto the rooftop to pray. It was about noon, and Peter was hungry for lunch. And so while lunch was being prepared, he continued to pray and suddenly fell into a trance. The heavens opened up, and coming down out of the heavens was what appeared to be a large blanket, lowered by ropes on its four corners until it settled on the ground. And on that blanket were every kind of animal, reptile, and bird that you can imagine. Suddenly, Peter heard a sound. And he heard the words, get up, Peter, go to it, kill and eat. And he said, oh, no, Lord, I have never so much as even tasted something that wasn't kosher. And the voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, then it's okay. This happened three times, and then the blanket was taken back up into the skies. Peter sat there puzzled. What could it all mean? And while he was pondering all of those questions in his heart, the three travelers arrived 
at the gate. And they called in, is Simon there, the one who is also called Peter? But Peter was lost in thought and did not hear them. So the Holy Spirit whispered in his ear and said, there are three men at the door, Peter. Get up and go with them. Ask no questions. I have sent them to you. So Peter went down, welcomed the travelers, and said, I think I'm the one that you're looking for. What's up? And they said to him, Captain Cornelius, a God-fearing man who is well known for all of his good deeds, just ask any Jew in this area, and they will tell you that to be true. Well, he has seen a vision from the Lord asking for you to come to his house to deliver a message. And so Peter invited the men and made them feel at home. The next morning, they all got up to leave, and some of Peter's friends from Joppa traveled with them. The next day, they arrived in Caesarea, and Cornelius was looking for them. So he had invited his entire family and some of his closest friends to come. As soon as Peter crossed the threshold into Cornelius' house, Cornelia was up on his feet greeting him and then down on the ground worshiping him. And Peter lifted up Cornelius and said, None of that, friend. I am a man. I am only a man. No different from you. So Cornelius walked him in, introduced him to everyone who had come, and then Peter addressed them and said, I know this is highly unusual. It is not common or accepted for a Jewish man to hang out in the home of someone from a different race. But just recently, God has revealed to me that there are no differences among races, and people groups. And so when I got the message that you had sent for me, I came without question, but now I must ask you, why did you send for me? And Cornelius told him the story. Four days ago, a man suddenly appeared before me and filled the room with light. And he said, Cornelius, your prayers and your neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. And so send for Simon, the one who is called Peter, who is staying in Joppa. And so I've sent for you, and you have been so good to come. And so now here we are, all of us together in God's presence, waiting for you to share with us the word that the master has laid on your heart. And Peter just exploded with the good news. It is God's own truth. It is clear as day. God plays no favorites. It doesn't matter who you are or where you come from. If you want God and are ready to follow him, the door is wide open for you. God, who sent the message to the children of Israel that Jesus the Christ would come to bring peace, is now sharing that message with everyone everywhere. The good news is this, Jesus is Lord of all.
Let us pray. God, we ask that you open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be welcoming to a new word that you have for us this day. In the name of our Christ, who loves us more than we could ever imagine and is Lord of all, we offer this prayer. Amen. I love this story in Acts chapter 10. God is doing something new in the life of Peter that Peter never expected. God sent Cornelius, a Gentile, a vision to send for Peter, who has a message for him. But he sent Peter an even more unusual vision, the vision of a picnic blanket loaded with animals to a Jewish man hungry for lunch. What's fascinating, I think, is that Peter doesn't seem to be thrown at all by the whisper of God in his ear. In fact, it seems that he recognizes the voice of the Lord. What has thrown Peter is the vision and the invitation, which is quite perplexing to him. Because the Jewish laws for clean eating found in Leviticus given to the Israelite children were very clear. The animals on the blanket were considered unclean. And so Peter is having to listen to a new word from God that is encouraging him to let go of that lifelong tradition of his childhood faith. Peter wants to take the time to be discerning, but the voice is insistent, sending the message three times. God has a new mission for Peter, and that mission will change him and transform the world. I think it's possible for us to look deeper into this story of a rooftop vision and find a message for us today. First, I think it is possible that sometimes we let rules real or perceived, become barriers for the movement of the Holy Spirit. As a Jewish man, Peter had lived all of his life under the rules of the Torah. The laws of Leviticus outlined guidelines for kosher eating, and Peter was struggling with letting that go. But it's clear that God is encouraging Peter to move in a new direction. When I was a youth minister, we were talking about this text one day, and a teenage boy said to me, why would God give rules in one generation that he would then undo only a few generations later? And I said, well... I'm not 100% sure, you know, mysteries of God and all of that. But I do know that in our own lives, there are rules we have that change over time. So, for example, do you cook? And he said, scrambled eggs and spaghetti. And I said, okay, was there a time in your life, maybe when you were small, when your parents told you, do not touch the stove? 
because it's hot. And he smiled and said, yes. He could tell where we were going with this conversation. And he said, when I was little, my parents said, don't touch the stove in order to protect me from getting burned. But as I grew and learned to respect the heat, then I was able to learn to cook. So what you're saying to me is that it is possible that our boundaries that God sets up for us until we learn and grow and he is able to show us more about where he is leading us to go. And I said, I believe, yes, that that is possible. And not only do I think it's possible, but I think we see it often in scripture, like our one for today. What's even more interesting for me is that I am interested in what Peter said when he entered the house of Cornelius, which was Jews don't normally spend time with people of other races. In some um, versions of um, the translation of this, it says it's even unlawful for Jews to spend time in the home of those who would be considered Gentiles, which really was not the example that Peter had seen in his life with Jesus. It is true, in the Torah, it specifies hundreds of laws. These laws distinguish Jews from Gentiles for centuries as they describe specific rites and daily practices that are unique for Jews alone. But Jesus, whom Peter followed, regularly ate with sinners, visited with those in Samaria, touched the unclean like lepers and those with other illnesses, and broke the rules of the Sabbath. In fact, Jesus tells his followers that he is the fulfillment of the law. And there is a new covenant with God in following Jesus. But it was hard then. And it is hard now to break down the social constructs that come from a life based on rule-following rather than people-loving. In Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 11, the continuation of this story brings forth a new expression and growth of the church that includes both Jews and Gentiles. In fact, it takes Jesus' followers who were Jews and even Peter a long time to let go of that rule-based living that had been created over time. You know, this was the story from Scripture that God used to shake up my world when I kept hearing God's whisper in my ear that he was calling me into ministry. See, I was raised in a Southern Baptist tradition that didn't really welcome women into ministry, especially women into leadership roles. I, um, my father was a Southern Baptist pastor, and at that time in our life, both he and I, honestly, 
didn't think that God would call women to preach or to pastor. So that persistent whisper in my ear was confusing for me. Because I grew up in the church, I'd heard this story from the Bible many times, but when God was calling me into ministry, he led me back to this passage and revealed to me that God could do some new things in new seasons of life. It is so easy for all of us whose lives are deeply impacted by the Bible to lift up those scriptures or stories that we want to embrace and then to sometimes skim over the ones that don't necessarily support our own mindset for the way we want to live our lives. My childhood tradition, really no judgment because it happens to all of us. My own childhood tradition had taken a few verses written by Paul to a specific church in a specific situation and had grown them into rules that for generations have now kept women from serving as fully in the life of the church. Somehow missing the stories that Paul also told about Phoebe, Priscilla, and Lydia, and other women who were doing meaningful ministry and offering leadership to the first century church. God's whisper in my ear and his calling on my heart seemed to be breaking the rules, and I was worried about the people in my life who clung to those traditions. When I was 27, the church that Paul and I were attending asked me to serve as a deacon. And I kept putting them off, not giving them an answer. Because though I felt God leading me to serve, I was still worried about all of those rules. Then one day after church, Fred Hood, a lovely older gentleman in our congregation who I deeply respected, told me that he had a word for me. He said, I believe that God is calling you to be my deacon. That he had seen the Spirit of God working in my life, and he wanted to offer me those words as a bit of an encouragement to me. It changed a lot for me to know that those who worshiped with me had seen something God was doing in me. So I called my dad on the phone and I said, I know that you and mom probably wouldn't approve of me being ordained, but I really believe that I am hearing the voice of God in my ear and his call on my heart and my dad said, baby, the voice you should be listening to is the voice of God. More so than any other person, even me. How courageous on his part to begin a new journey by my side. Those words of encouragement from a respected member of my congregation, 
this passage of scripture from Acts chapter 10 and my dad's affirmation were exactly what I needed to be able to say to my church and to my God, I think I'm the one that you're looking for. Another truth we can discern from this passage of scripture is that God is never finished with us. In fact, our God is always doing something new. When I think about Peter, poor Peter, God is constantly always doing something new in his life. Peter is an uneducated man who was a fisherman who God called to follow him and to follow Jesus as his rabbi. And for three years, they traveled together with Jesus preaching, teaching, and healing, and teaching Peter to do the same. Peter eventually became the preacher of the Pentecost, preaching one of the greatest sermons in our Christian history, preaching Jesus crucified, dead, buried, and resurrected. And now, here in Joppa, on a rooftop, God is doing something new again in the life of Peter, sending him to the Gentiles, a group of people he would have not normally been in close relationship with. And this something new in Peter's life would be controversial. It would stir up trouble. In the very next chapter, in chapter 11, we see that some of his Jewish friends and colleagues call him on the carpet for going to the Gentiles. But when he tells them the story of the visions and how the Holy Spirit showed up, even they begin to celebrate and say that God is doing something beyond what they could have ever imagined. But they shouldn't have been surprised. All of their lives, they had been hearing about the covenant that God made with Abraham, that Abraham would become the father of many nations. And this experience that we have with Peter and Cornelius would be the first fulfillment of the prophecy that those who follow the Messiah would be the salt and the light in the world. It was Peter, a Jewish fisherman, who became the father of the first century church. And then, thanks to the courage he had to follow a vision to break down barriers, he would travel to Cornelius' house, and then the good news began to spread throughout the land. So when it comes to you and me, my friends, just take heart. God is not finished with us yet. The God of all creation who made us in the image of God. And just think about that. Where do we hear those words? In Genesis, when what is the image we are seeing of God? That God is constantly creating and making all things new. So would not the image of God in us look like something that is constantly changing and being transformed under the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Which leads us to our next point. When God is up to something new in the world, then God is probably mobilizing God's people to lead in transformation. 
God was sending Peter a new vision for Peter's future and the future of the church. And when the people of that vision arrived at his door, the Holy Spirit whispered in his ear, get up and go. I've sent them to you. And I love Peter's reply. I think I'm the one that you're looking for. Where are we going? This calling God had for Peter extended God's message of good news to the Gentiles. And then the dispersion of Jesus' followers throughout Europe led to the growth of the Christian church. In our daily lives, we are constantly meeting new people and having new situations. And God has gifted each of us so uniquely to be image bearers of a creative, loving God. As the seasons of our life ebb and flow, God invites us into new or different ways of living out our calling in the world. The choices we make today to follow God's call have a great impact on our personal lives. But we can only imagine the real transformation that God may be doing beyond what we can see with our own eyes. So our final truth from this rooftop vision story is the most important. Jesus is Lord of all. On that rooftop, God sent Peter a clear message. The barriers that had been constructed to cause division among people were not of God. God provided a picture, an example to Peter, that in our frail human understanding, we had lost sight of the spirit of the law which was a foundation upon which to grow and learn so that we may come to know God more fully and become a light in the darkness and a vision of love for the world. Thanks to that rooftop vision, when Peter stepped through that wide open door into the home of Cornelius, he realized they were just as welcome, just as loved as he was. When he saw the movement of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the people that he had built barriers against, he realized that after all of this time following Jesus, he still had some new things to learn. Oh my gosh, does this sound like us? Peter must have been reminded of all the things he had seen and heard Jesus do in their time together to extend love to people beyond what was socially acceptable. And I also think he probably remembered that conversation with Jesus on the beach that morning after the resurrection, after Peter had denied him three times, When Jesus came to him and did not shame him, but offered him forgiveness and grace three times through the question, do you love me? Do you love me? Then love others the same way. 
Peter had experienced the love and grace extended to him by God beyond his own understanding of how that was even possible after all that had happened between them. But Jesus is doing something new. And now here, once again, God has delivered a message of grace to Peter three times, which has led to another new beginning. During that afternoon, Peter and his friends spent in Caesarea. God's love was on display and poured out for everyone, and it led to the baptism of everyone who was in Cornelius' house. And I can't forget the image of Peter practically exploding with joy when he realized that the good news meant that Jesus is Lord of all. What a life-changing, world-transforming message that is for all of us. So this morning, remember that we serve a God whose mighty spirit is still on the move in our world, breaking down barriers, reminding us that he is never finished making us new, mobilizing us to be people on the move, image bearers of the love of God, changing the world for all of us and affirming that Jesus is Lord of all. Are you ready to listen to the whisper of God on your life? It's possible that you may already hear his whisper in your ear. So turn your face toward the sun and lift up your prayers, knowing that God is constantly making us all new and that it is possible that we have some listening to do, some places to go, and some new people to love. It may take some courage, but we value that in this fellowship of Christ followers. My friend, today's message from Acts is a reminder that God can and will do new things in your life. So don't be afraid to listen to the whisper of God in your ear and then have the courage to say to God, I think it's me that you're calling. Let's go. Amen.